0: Where is he? Did you take him? Do you know what they've done with my Lord? Those were the questions asked on that first Easter morning. Not knowing what to expect. Not expecting what they came and found. We're going to look this morning at that story from John chapter 20 and find out what experience those closest to Jesus had on that first day. John 20 at verse 1. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter, Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloths lying there, and the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. They have taken away my Lord and I don't know where they have laid Him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to "To her woman, Why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing Him to be the gardener, she said to Him, Sir, if you have carried Him away, tell me where you have laid Him and I will... Take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord! And that he had said these things to her. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came in and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see his hands, the mark of the nails, and place my finger into the marks of the nails and place my hands into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again and Thomas was with them. Because you have seen Me, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in His name. Nobody understood that morning that Jesus wasn't going to be dead. Nobody gathered that when they were going to go to the tomb that He was not going to be there. They were expecting to find Jesus yet in a sealed tomb. In fact, the the worry of the, the Jews of that day were were so fearful that they said, make sure you place guards there. Seal it up as best as you can. Make sure He doesn't come out. When Mary and the others went to the tomb that morning, they were not expecting an open tomb. They did not go there with the expectation of He is going to rise in three days. They went there to go visit the grave of a dead man and to care for his dead body, nobody expected an open tomb, an empty tomb. They didn't believe he was missing from the tomb until they actually went there and found that out. But it didn't register even when they even when they came to the tomb and they would peer inside the tomb, it. It didn't register that He's not supposed to be there. Still, it's just not triggering in their minds. Even even Peter and John, two of those disciples that were up with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration, when He said to them that He would be rising from the dead. Those two, even when they came to the tomb, they didn't believe He was missing when Mary went to go tell them that He's not there, they didn't believe that He was gone. They didn't believe He wasn't there until they themselves looked into the tomb. And then they believed that He was missing. They still hadn't put two and two together. They still didn't remember from the at least the three times where Jesus told them I'm going to rise again. Even after the third day, I will rise from the grave. And even looking into an empty grave, they still didn't understand that He's not supposed to be there. The disciples failed to understand. Mary, though, she's still in this place of just overwhelming grief and she stays behind as as the disciples go back to their homes. Nothing more to see here, I guess. Mary still stays there weeping for her Savior. Mary, if you remember, has gone through a very dramatic transformation in her life. This, this is Mary of whom Jesus has cast out seven demons and has set her free. And so she comes to the tomb and she sees that it's empty and as she stands there over the tomb, she's weeping. What have they done with Him? Where have they taken my Lord? You wonder what may be going through her mind. All the things He did for me, He set me free. Is it going to last? The demons, will they come back now? Why would somebody take Him away? Mary's weeping in desperation. She has so many so many questions yet. She, she looks inside and she sees two angels. This may be the only time in Scripture where two angels are seen and it doesn't just strike fear into somebody. She's still just perplexed about everything. Two angels in dazzling white. What did you do with him? Where have you taken him? Luke's account gives us this uh, rebuttal question that comes back to Mary. Why are you looking for the living? among the dead. Why would you be looking for Jesus here? He's alive. She doesn't understand. Even when Jesus was speaking with the Sadducees about about the resurrection, and they're trying to trip him up with everything. Jesus also gives that same uh, comment that the angels just did. He said, as for the dead being raised, have you not read in the book of Moses in the passage about the bush, how God spoke to him saying, I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living now Mary has to wrestle with this idea of is He alive? Because He isn't here. Jesus Himself has an encounter with Mary at that point and asks the same question. Woman, why are you weeping? Still so overcome with with grief and sorrow and disbelief, she doesn't even recognize her Lord yet. Who is it that you're seeking? As he stands before her. I don't know what they've done with him. If you've taken him someplace, could you show him to me? Can I take him back with me? And then Jesus just spoke her name Mary. He just said her name. And her eyes were opened. And she could see her Lord standing in front of her. She grabs on to Him, thinking that maybe He's going to go away again. Maybe He'll leave once again. Don't hang on to me. He's not going to leave her. Mary's grief and weeping has been met with joy and exaltation there as as her Lord speaks her name and reveals himself to her once again. The disciples though, the disciples, where are they? They've they've just missed an encounter with the Lord. Where are they? Why didn't they stay? They go back home, locked up in fear. Here are the The remaining ten, Judas is gone. Thomas is not there. Ten disciples there that have spent the last three years or more with Jesus. And even now, knowing that He's alive, they're locked up in fear. Isolating themselves. Still not sure what to make of all of this. And yet, afraid of what might happen to them because they are very closely associated with Jesus. And there they are, waiting, wondering, fearful, isolated and locked up. And Jesus meets them. And He comes to all of them and He says, Peace to you. It's wonderful how Jesus just needs to say something and everything changes. It's the way it's always been with the Father. He speaks and light comes into the world. He speaks once again and light comes back into the world. Jesus speaks Mary's name and life begins to enter her again. He comes to the disciples and He says, Peace to you and they are overwhelmed with peace. They didn't understand at the tomb. It it took another encounter with Jesus for them to be able to see who He is, what He has accomplished, what He has been saying all along. Peace be to you. Thomas. Thomas, the one, he's got a nickname called the twin. We know him as Doubting Thomas because He doesn't believe. In fact, did you hear what he had said? Unless I see his hands, the mark of the nails, and place my finger into the marks of the nails, and place my hands in his side, unless I see that, I will never believe. Thomas, one of the twelve. He has seen... Water transformed into wine. He has seen bread multiplied and feed the thousands. He was there when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. But until I see His hands and put My hand in His side, I will never believe. One of the twelve even when the rest of them told him that we have seen the Lord, it wasn't enough. He wasn't convinced. Every one of the people that encountered Jesus that day came from a place of deficiency, misunderstanding, fear, and despair. Again, there wasn't one that got up on that first day of the week and ran to the tomb to see the risen Lord. Not one. After all He had been saying to them, repeatedly telling them that after three days He would rise from the dead, not one of them came to the tomb expecting that. All of them deficient in their faith. All of them still wrestling with the death of Christ that they witnessed just a few days earlier. This is the wonderful part of of this story. Not one of them believed as of yet what Jesus had said. Not one. But Jesus met every one of them right there in their doubts, in their fear, in their weeping, in their disbelief. Jesus came to Mary in her weeping and disbelief and revealed Himself to her again. He didn't scold her. Her grief was already enough. He just came to her in her own deficiency, in her own grief. He came to the disciples even in their fear and their isolation, wondering, now because He's alive, they're in fear. And Jesus comes to them in their fear. And he says, Peace to you. He meets them in that place. Even Thomas. Such a strong disbelief. Unless I see him myself, I'll never believe. Never. And Jesus met Thomas in his. Extreme doubt. We live in a place where we know of the transformation of these people after their resurrection experience with Jesus. We know of the centuries that have passed since then and what the resurrection has meant for so many people. We've lived our lives many of us, for decades in the reality of an empty grave. And we know of resurrection life. But on that first day, Jesus would meet every one of them right where they were and reveal Himself alive and overcome their fear, overcome their grief, overcome their doubts. Romans tells us of our, of our life in Christ. Paul Paul who comes later one of the, one of the last and least of the, the apostles he would call himself, who didn't have that, that firsthand experience on that day but he, he saw the risen Christ nonetheless. Paul. Paul gives us what our our association with Christ at this time means. He says, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ were baptized into His death? We were buried therefore with Him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Our... Our identity in Christ is so that, uh, as, as it would say, if you have died with Him, you will also live with Him. We know of these things. We have, we have what the apostles would write. We have what other Scripture writers would, would give us as far as what we need to know about our life in Christ. We know that. We've, we've wrestled with those things. We've, we've come to understand that and believe that. Romans would also say, but now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and in its end, eternal life. Resurrection life, the power of the risen Savior continues to work in us, sanctifying us, making us more like Him and giving us that eternal hope. But it's not out of the ordinary for people to still be at a place in their lives where even on resurrection morning they come with fear. Maybe your life is still captivated by fear from from one stance or another. Something in your life brings you to this place of fear. Maybe you're... Maybe you're overcome by grief. Your circumstances are leading you to a place where you still find yourself in grief at the loss of what you have suffered. Maybe you feel isolated and alone and no one sees you. Maybe you're in this place of just extreme doubt where you've just never really put the pieces together where... The death of Christ and His resurrection were real occurrences in our world. And that means resurrection life for me if I believe in that. But maybe it takes a very deep encounter with Jesus for you. Maybe, maybe those things still happen in your life. Maybe you see those things happening in other people's lives. The message of the empty grave is that Jesus is going to meet us wherever we're at. To overcome our grief, to bring us out of a place of fear, to ask, answer all the questions of our, of our doubts, even our indignant disbelief. Jesus is willing to meet people in that place yet today. In that way, maybe we're like the disciples where our circumstances are preventing us from seeing the Lord. Maybe we're like Mary in that way where our grief just has blinded us or like Thomas where our doubts have just crippled us. But Jesus will meet you where you're at. He will every time. Do you remember the story of Lazarus? This wasn't long before this resurrection day that another resurrection was given as a sign that we talked about on, on Thursday night when, when Jesus had that conversation with Martha. Do you believe this? That, that whole story of, of Lazarus being raised from the dead, you know, Jesus, Jesus left uh, a, a sick friend intentionally so that his glory could be revealed. and once he had learned that his friend had passed away, he came back. Jesus also wept. Sin had touched his dear friend. But you know what what Jesus did on that day? Jesus said, "Tell him, we're going to tell him to come out." And they said, "You can't do that, Lord. He's, he's been dead already for four days there will be the stench of death on him. Jesus just speaks his name. Lazarus! Come out! What did Jesus say to have happen at that point? Take take the clothing of death off of him. Take what binds Him yet and remove it from Him. Take what covers His eyes off. There is no odor. Remove all of those things that still bind Him. All of those things associated with death. Remove all of those things from Him. He's alive. That's the way that Jesus finds us. Dead in our own sins. But through the power of resurrection, there is this freeing that happens in us. We are unbound by all the things of death. Death which started already back in the Garden of Eden as man and wife disobeyed the Lord. And death came because of them. And we have been bound by the things of death for so long now. Not just death itself, but the the sin that just traps us. The the fear that encompasses us. the, The doubts that we have. The mourning that we can't seem to get through. Resurrection life is about removing the grave clothes from us. Even as Jesus had that done for Lazarus, that first resurrection morning Everything that bound Jesus that would have wrapped him in death has been removed, and we live in him now that way. That means that his resurrection has power over you today. That means that this Friday, as Judy Klingenberg goes into the doctor to have a heart catheterization to see what's wrong with her. Victory is already hers. It's already hers. We already live in victory, brothers and sisters. That means, Eileen, as you wonder what it's going to be like from day to day as you live the way you do in Christ in the resurrection of Christ You have victory already. He is your Savior, your Healer. For Mary and your your wrist, we have healing in Jesus' name. Whether it will be a full and complete healing now, we know that healing is ours already. Life is ours. Maybe you're suffering in grief because of loss. I can't even remember how many people I've talked to recently or heard about that In the last couple of weeks, they have remembered death. The death of a husband. The death of a father. The death of a child. The death of a grandchild. The death of a a brother or a sister. The death of somebody close. It seems as if we're in the season where death just surrounds us, but that's the wonder of resurrection morning is that Jesus proclaimed... Victory over death for all that believe in Him. And so if you have a heart problem, Jesus is the victor already and He has given that to you. Whatever condition you find yourself in, for those that are in Christ Jesus, today is a wonderful day of victory and celebration. Jesus has removed all of the death clothes that bind us. We have resurrection life. We have eternal life already. We're not just waiting for it. It's ours already. And we need to live in that victory. The cross was a place of shame and despair. Of grief and agony. Pain and remembrance. And the days between the cross and now were these places of wondering and and almost hopelessness. Patience. But today we celebrate victory like no other. It's something for us to remember today because I know that some of you are still in this place of of doubt or fear or worry or grief. You're in a place where, where death seems to surround you. Maybe it seems to be creeping in on you. But today we make that declaration the grave has no grip on me. Death no longer is my destiny. Jesus is my life now and forever. Everything that binds me up yet in this world, even the sickness that I may have, I've already been set free in Jesus' name. And that's the victory that's ours today. It is a powerful day. Is a day of resurrection life beginning at the cross and going on into eternity. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Jesus, thank You so much for what You have done for us. We can't even begin to imagine what our life would be like if this day never happened. Truly, if You hadn't been raised from the dead, we would still be dead in our sins and our faith is useless. But thanks be to God, Christ has risen from the grave and the victory is ours in You. And so we praise You. We lift You up. And we will now live our lives in the fullness of that victory. And help us, Father, because there will be times of doubt. There will be times of fear. There will be times where we just feel isolated, away from You. Where grief will overwhelm us. Where we just can't seem to see things clearly anymore. So Jesus, would You meet us there in that place again and bring the power of the resurrection life back into our hearts and minds once again and let us celebrate in victory. Never leave us long in that place of despair. Even in that very same day, You came to Yours and You comforted them. So Jesus, in those times where we are overcome by any of these things, or all of them at once, would You meet us in that very day and remind us of the victory that is ours. In Jesus' name, Amen.